Welcome back to Post Credit Podcast. It's been a little while. Uh, we we took a break for a week. We had some personal things come up and scheduling couldn't get it right. So we were gone last week. And then this episode is getting released a day late again to scheduling reasons. We're going to try and be more on track in the future. But uh, for the time being, this is what you get. But we're back. Welcome back. I'm Preston Moore, uh, as always, joined by my co-host, Raymond Venuya. Raymond, how you doing? It's good. Feels good to be back on the mic. I mean, yeah, it's been it feels like it's been forever, man. <laughs> I know it's we let's let's try to not do that again <laughs> I know for real for real I, yeah we uh it I feel a little bit rusty almost but but I'm 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 glad we're back um so that being said let's jump right in uh beginning of this podcast we're going to talk about some of the things that we have been watching recently uh it's been two weeks so we each have a couple of things that we've watched in the last two weeks I'll go first um I recently watched the uh, TV series The Boys. It's an Amazon Prime original. It's really good. Um, basically, it centers around the 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 premise of this movie, not, not movie. The premise of this series is um, what if superheroes were bad? Basically, they're run by this corporation, um, and the corporation is in charge of them. Basically, all these superheroes have a brand, uh, and once you get to the top. It's uh, they're very, very corrupt and they're not uh, they're not who you think you are. It's basically the whole theme is uh, never meet your heroes kind of thing. And there is a group of regular civilians who are trying to uh, expose the superheroes for the bad people that they are. It's really, really interesting. Uh, It centers around uh, one guy who had his girlfriend. And this isn't a spoiler. This happens in the very first episode. But it centers around one guy who... His girlfriend was killed by one of these superheroes because a superhero, it's a speedster superhero, uh, who runs straight through his girlfriend and kills him. It's very bloody and gross. Oh, Lord, that's dark. It's it's shocking, and it happens in, like, the first 10, 15 minutes of the first episode, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Um, and then the other storyline that it centers around is this up-and-coming superhero, and she uh, she's actually played by the girl who played Hope in Jessica Jones. Um mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember the girl who got, she was uh, mind controlled by Kilgrave to kill her parents essentially yeah. in that first season. So it's yeah. the same same actress. Uh, she's really good in the role, but she plays a superhero who's not corrupt, who's actually pure. Uh, but she's getting kind of inducted into what they call the Seven, which is basically their version of the Justice League. And everyone else in this group, the Seven, is corrupt and bad, but she's not. So it's really interesting to see um, her arc throughout it as she meets all of her heroes and learns that they're not exactly who uh, she thinks they are and she has to kind of join their team. So I don't know. It's a really, really good show. Have you seen it? I I don't think you have. No, I haven't. But everyone, it's crazy. Everyone's been telling me, dude, you need to watch this show. And then they're just like, you love like dark superhero stuff, right? And I was like, yeah, of course. And they're like, then you got to watch The Boys. And I'm just like, damn, Dude, all right, all right. If that is down your alley, you would love it. I'm telling you right now. I mean, it's extremely dark. I So I heard the description that was given to me before I watched it. I'd, I'd seen people raving saying it's good. But as far as like specifics, the description that I got was... It's about superheroes, but if superheroes did really bad things. And I was like, okay. Um, 
Cool. I'll watch it. So going into it, I thought it was going to be more like Deadpool, like funny and like lighthearted almost. And it is not. Um, There are like a few jokes like here and there, I guess, but mostly it's a really dark show. Um, Yeah, I was ready for jokes. And then very first 15 minutes that that girl just gets literally explodes when she's run through by a speedster. It's unbelievable. Um, Man, if only... But it's it's really good. It's some of the best writing that I've ever seen. And I say that confidently. The writing is like the whole storyline is so tight and so, so good. The characters are so well fleshed out and just so well done that I it was really, really impressive. There's one scene. Um, I'm not going to spoil it, obviously. If any of you are listening and you have seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, episode four... There's a scene that occurs in an airplane, and that is the hardest scene I have ever had to watch in anything, in oh, any TV show, in any movie, anything. I mean, my jaw was dropped. I was, it was, I was in disbelief. And and I've seen Thirteen Reasons Why. I've seen things <laughs> that should not be on television at yeah, all. Yeah, like that, that's and as dark as dark gets. <laughs> I know that that's like what shouldn't happen at all in the first place. But this is it's not a situation with 13 reasons why where it's like you shouldn't have ever filmed this in the first place it's just so hard to watch because and i'm trying not to spoil it but because you know these characters and the decisions that are made in this scene and oh it is gut-wrenching it it was made me physically feel sick i was in i was in shock i tweeted about it like directly after i was like the scene in the airplane oh my god um so if you're watching The Boys, if you're thinking about watching it, go watch it. I'm telling you, Raymond, right now, go watch it. You will see, really like it. See, when you but say be like aware. That, I'm just like, damn, I really wish, like, DC and, like, Marvel could do some stuff. Like, I mean, I know we got Deadpool and we got Logan, but I mean, like, you know how it's just, this like, is, the this Flash is so... and, like, vibrate through stuff? I'm like, I would love to see, like, the reverse Flashes speed through somebody's body and just, like, implode them. Like, I was like, damn, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely go watch it. If you're going to watch it, I will tell you, beware of episode four. Good Lord. (laughs) That was so hard to watch, but, uh, the whole season as a whole is really, really well done. 10 out of 10 recommend. And I can't wait for the second season. They have already started work on it. It got, um, greenlit before the first season even released. It's a, it's that good. It's Mm -hmm. very, it's spectacular. So that's my, one of my things that I've been watching recently, Raymond, What's something you've seen in the past two weeks? So I started watching Euphoria. I am three episodes in, and I'm hooked, man. Like, I have to go to my friend's house to watch it just because I don't have HBO. So I'm always just over there like, yo, can we, is it cool if we watch Euphoria today? And they're just like, yeah, they, they love it so much. They're just like, yeah, we're going to rewatch it again. Like, Really? Oh, this, this movie, this show is just like, oh, I grew up on like Degrassi. And it's basically if Degrassi yeah. had really good, basically everything cranked up was better. Like if Degrassi wow. had like good cinematography, good music, <laughs> and and real acting, then that you have Euphoria. And like I know it, I forgot which generation of like kids it's supposed to be on, like generation like X or Z, something like that. But I don't know. I think it, it's Z. Yeah, Z. And I'm, I mean, I haven't seen Euphoria, but Gen Z is the one that is currently yeah currently happening. Like in high school yeah 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 it's just yeah, like correct 
for me, it's just like watching it being older. I'm just kind of like, wow, that's crazy that kids are going through this because there are some things that go on in the show that I'm like, you know, that's not too far off the things that I've seen happen to like kids that are like younger than us. You know, I'm just like, wow, like that's kind of scary. And then the fact that these things that people who are younger than us get to see shows like this about themselves is kind of like, wow, that's really what's going on. It's a, I feel like the show is just very aware of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. that's something I, I really appreciate about it. It doesn't really sugarcoat anything. There are moments of it that are just like, what like what in the world? And I can't... I, I mean, wow. I will say, at least in the first three episodes, because Zendaya is the narrator. Like, it is still like her story for the most part. But it is kind of yeah. like a 13 Reasons Why, where it's about these groups of kids and then their individual lives and their individual stories. So that part I like a lot just because you do get to see a lot more than just her story and it doesn't rely on her. And you, it really is one of those shows where it's like, oh, I can have a favorite character outside of the main character. But each of their stories is just so interesting up to this point, at least. I know I'm really early in, but it, it's really good. And then, of course, all the music is like overseen by Drake. And the playlist for that for that show is so good. Like I'll actually sit through the credits just to jam to that last song. But I will say is the acting in it is also pretty good. I remember uh, someone. I've heard the music is really good. Yeah, the music is going really back good. to the other point. I've I've heard that the music is spectacular. And then yeah, the acting is really good too. Uh, there's one dude in there. I forgot what the actor's name is, but someone uh, out there, one of like the bigger graphic designers, graphic artists, fan casted him as Nightwing, and I was like, you know, I could really see that. Well, first of all, the dude's huge. Like, I, yeah. I swear, he could be at the NBA. That dude is huge. But <laughs> he's a good actor, and I'm just like, and he has this like really stone cold intensity to him, and I'm just like, oh man, like that's cool. Like I like that. And then yeah, the other characters in the show. Yeah, the one thing I can really just say about it is that it's so grounded. Like, it just feels like these are real things that happen to people in this type of community. You know what I mean? Like, that are in that surrounding. And it's just like, I appreciate that a lot. I don't, I don't know. I'm really excited to see where it goes. But as of this point, yeah, I definitely recommend it to anybody. I'm like, go watch the show. You're going to enjoy it. It's It's actually next on my list to watch. It's one that I've been meaning to get around but i i ended up watching the boys first i do mm-hmm. how and obviously i haven't seen the whole thing but how as far into it as you are mm-hmm. how do you feel about zendaya in it because i asked this because i've seen her only in a couple things you know here and there and then obviously when i was like when i was a kid i watched her disney show shake it up so i mean you don't expect stellar acting there but also in like the spider-man movies I've seen her in, and like I like Zendaya. I like Zendaya a lot, but I've never been like wowed by her acting. You know, not saying she's no, a bad actor. I just yeah. haven't really seen her full range. So, do you think I've heard that she's really, really good? Yeah, I mean, it's not a spoiler to say that. Yeah, her character is very emotionally changed, and like I guess, you know, I just like what's the word I'm looking for? Not traumatized, but you get it's i don't know she's just very emotionally distraught i guess is the best way to put it and she goes through a lot of personal things and i'm just like it's kind of hard to portray that on screen without overdoing it 
you know, without being, oh, wow, this person's just like an edgelord, you know, and it's just like, no, she's <laughs> yeah. really pulling that off so far. I have yet to see a scene. Maybe there's one that I'm just like, wow, that was pretty good. And like, it really got me to like feel for her character. Maybe there was like one. But aside from that, yeah, there's yet to be a really big scene from her where I'm just like, wow. But I know, like, I still believe that just because I'm so early in, that's just why I haven't seen it yet. But I know it's going to come. Like, but I agree with you, though. I have yet to see anything amazing, like, from Zendaya acting-wise. Like, I saw her in The Greatest Showman. Yeah, Shake It Up, and that, or on Disney Channel. And then I saw her in, of course, the Spider-Man movies. And, I mean, it's not like in Spider-Man they gave her any large emotional range to work with right right there hasn't been a whole lot you know to work with that's why i say i just haven't seen her full range you know i mean hopefully not i've i've heard that and i don't know i think i saw like a clip it wasn't like a spoilery clip otherwise i would have been upset but i think i saw like a clip from one of the last episodes of euphoria where people were like raving about her performance and i don't know i thought it was like good but i didn't know the context of it you know so that changes things obviously i know i saw but, that too and i was just like what are you guys talking about like does that does yeah, the scene you're referring yeah. to happen before or after that or is this just something that happens in passing that you yeah. guys are like oh that's cool well, and context has a lot to do with it so when i do get around to watching it hopefully will be soon um i'll i'll know what they're talking about and no, so will you so definitely exactly all right but your turn what else have you been watching oh man so this one's not so much of a good thing. I wanted it to be, but a couple days ago, I went to the movies for the first time in a while, honestly. Well, not a, yeah, in a while. I've, I got really, really busy, um, but I went to the movies for the first time in a while, and I saw Good Boys, the comedy, I don't know, it, it's it been marketed everywhere, I feel like. Like, I feel like I have seen it everywhere, and the marketing has been really good for it. Um it's about it's basically kind of like book smart where it's like these kids go on an adventure uh to do something and it's similar to that in in uh the story elements but um this is about three middle school age boys they're in sixth grade and they are kind of going through changes they go they hit on topics of puberty kind of like big mouth does a little bit like that um but Basically, they go on this long quest uh, for to learn how to kiss a girl, essentially, what? Uh, so that this one, so that one of the three boys can kiss a girl at this party. Because in sixth grade, you know, that's what you care about. So, like, yeah, yeah I think the the premise is fine, um, and the jokes were pretty funny in the trailers. So that's why I was excited for it. I had a friend of mine on Twitter talk about it, and he said it was really, really good. So, and I normally. He's, you know, those people that you meet and you normally, and you have like almost the exact same opinions of, as them in like all movies. I don't know Uh if you've met someone like that. That's this guy to me. Um, so he tweeted really, really good things about it. And I was like, all right, I'm probably going to like it. Like we agree on almost everything and I hated it. Um, (laughs) I wanted to like it. I really did. But I, I genuinely, and I say this sadly, but I think it's the worst movie I've seen in 2019. Um, Damn, that's crazy. I know, I know, and I didn't, I didn't want to dislike it. I wanted it to be funny because I really did enjoy the trailers, and I thought it had uh, some promising aspects. My problem with the trailers that I was worried about 
was that they had shown all the good laughs in the trailers. Oh, that's because, one of those. Well, and you know when you see trailers for something and you see, you know, you see different trailers, different TV spots, and you get to the point where you're like, I've seen so many settings. Like one, one trailer, they're at a playground, and one trailer, they are uh, doing this funny thing where they run across a highway, and then in one trailer, they are doing this thing where they are, uh, and I'm literally talking about the trailers of this movie but in one trailer they're uh looking up what porn is and stuff like that and you 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 see all these different trailers and tv spots to where you've seen so many settings and you're like Mm -hmm. i wonder like how many settings in this movie can there be yeah you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. and all of them have a different funny joke and they're all really funny but then you think about it and you're like i've seen so many different jokes in so many different settings that i feel like i've seen all of the funny scenes in the movie and I got around to it, and that was true. I Oh, man. That's rough. I was pretty let down by it. A lot of people really liked it. If you liked it, that's wonderful. For me, it really wasn't for me. I thought the child acting was not great. There was one of them that I thought was pretty good. Um, but the other two out of the little trio I didn't think were very good. I think they had no chemistry. I think that was something the the lack of chemistry between these three kids was pretty prevalent to me. Um, I really didn't think that was good. And I thought every, I, it was, it's really hard for me to describe, but I sat there and I was really bored. It was the closest I've gotten to leaving the theater mid movie this oh, year. That's the worst. When a, when a comedy yeah, is supposed I, to be funny and you're bored. Like, right, that's just, right. I was sitting there and I was right like, there. I don't, yeah, I was sitting there. I was like, I don't care about these characters and they're not even funny you know like it's not even like a comedy that has a bad story but good jokes it's Mm -hmm. just for me personally it's a bad story and they're bad jokes for the most part other than a couple good ones and it i will say it picks up in the third act in the last uh 20 minutes ish Uh yeah like the end of the third act it picks up pretty good. It it tells a really valuable lesson, I think, at the end. Um, and I won't I won't say because of this may spoil the movie, so I won't say. But essentially, at the end of the movie, um, the three characters end up, or the three main characters, they end up in different places than they started. And it tells a really valuable lesson that I definitely related to, because it kind of hits hits on a theme of like you can grow apart from people while still being friends. You know, you can have the conversation where you say, listen, we're becoming different people and we need to be who we are, but that doesn't mean that we have to completely ignore one another. We just won't be as active in each other's lives. And that's kind of the lesson that it teaches at the end of the movie. And I really did enjoy that. I wanted the whole movie to be as good as the last 20 minutes because Uh the last 20 minutes were very touching. And I was really, I really did enjoy that part, but when I looked at the movie as a whole, I was like, everything else was so bad for me. And I kind of can relate it to um, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Okay. In that sense. Listen, I got this. Um, so basically... in A lot of people like to say that Episode Three is their very favorite of Star Wars. I think that's a popular one that people like to say is their favorite or they like to say it's the only good prequel or that it's one of the best star Wars. Um, 
I won't get into this. We'll probably talk more about this in December with Rise of Skywalker. Oh, but yeah. I just I disagree with that sentiment. I think the third act of episode three is maybe the th- best third act out of the entire um, Star Wars, like all of the movies in general. Oh, like that third act saga. is spectacular. Yeah, the entire saga. That's the word. Um, obviously, like that third act is spectacular. It's got the best lightsaber fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan, and that's so, so good. But if you look at it, the first two acts of that movie are the same old, same old. It's the same stuff that you got in Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. And that stuff is not stuff that you want, you know? It's Those bad. two movies are not – they're not great. Yeah, they're they're not very good. And I think the first two acts of Revenge of the Sith are the exact same. Although the third act really picks it up and is really spectacular, the first two still don't – that the first two hold it back is what oh, I'm saying. Man, that's just the worst <laughs> And that's how I feel about Good Boys. Is like that last twenty minutes, really good, really heartwarming, and I f- I felt something. I could have felt more though, if I cared about the characters. But I didn't care about the characters because of everything leading up to it was so disappointing to me. You know, so no, I, I that's, feel it. I feel it. Another thing is it's 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 directed. I don't know his name, but it's directed by a first time director, and that showed a lot yeah Yeah. and you know that's not a problem that it shows but you can just see the inexperience in the way um that certain lines are delivered certain direction the actors have been given or um just certain ways scenes were shot or the editing all of it kind of you know it shows that it's kind of a first timer's job and obviously i'm not one to correct any of that i've never directed a film but i will say that 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 much of it showed and you know, I thought I would. I wanted to like it, but turns out that I didn't. If you've seen Good Boys and you liked it, that's great for you. But personally, for me, not my thing. Fair enough. Fair enough. So that being said, what uh, what's the last thing that you've seen recently? We'll spend a little bit more time on this one. So for me, the last thing I've recently seen is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino. Wow. I mean, yeah, I know you saw it, and we talked about it mm-hmm. a little bit, but now that I've finally seen it, we can have our full discussion. But, yeah, Once yeah. Upon a Time in Hollywood, it was pretty good. Like, I, I gave it a solid, like, 8.5, almost 9. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a pretty good movie. I just felt like it dragged for a good little while, and I was like, damn, like, I mean, or here's my thing. Maybe um, I just gave it a little pa- a hall pass just because I was like, it's Tarantino, I believe, you know, in the end. It's something's gonna happen that makes sense, and it did. But right, but going through the first two acts was kind of like, all right, this these scenes are great and they're well acted. How do they fit together? You know, and then uh, I feel like if you don't know the story of Sharon Tate, then a lot of it feels that way. You know what I mean? It doesn't have the same weight as it should if you don't know like the real life story of Sharon Tate. But yeah. Yeah, and so for me, when I finally was like, you know what, I should probably go look that up. You know, so then when I looked it up after the movie, like seriously, as I got into the, my car, I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. And it, I was, and that kind of gave it like a full point for me. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah. as always, I mean, the writing's great, the acting's great. When you have a star-studded cast like that, you know, it's gonna be awesome. Like even like the little characters, like they had Austin Butler in there. I was like, no way, that's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. But overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I agree with you on the the issue. And before I get more into this, in the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to get into spoilers for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You've been warned. Um, but It's been three weeks, though. I mean, you yeah, you, you've had time. Movie. If you were going to see it, you've probably seen it already. If you haven't, uh, go do it. But I will say I agree that where the movie lacks is in that second act. There's a stretch of time where you're like, okay, where are we going? You know, and it's like, yeah, okay, like here we are and we're just going through the motions, but like nothing is progressing, you know, but definitely I do think in that slower moment, you do get a lot of character building stuff. You know what I mean? So I kind of something I really like about Avengers Endgame, for Mm -hmm. example, is those first two acts really the first act really the first act is is pretty slow you know it's not very fast paced and but it's a good slow where you get a lot of character moments and really character driven you know storytelling to where that third act is much more rewarding because of the character moments that you had at the beginning yeah you know that it it feels like a much more rewarding conclusion because of all the slow driven stuff in the first couple acts. That's the way I feel about Endgame, And I think once upon a time in Hollywood kind of does the same thing where you, you do have that moment where you're like, okay, what's happening here? Like, are we going anywhere? You know, the plot doesn't necessarily progress, but the characters definitely get a little bit more fleshed out and you kind of see who they are more. Mm -hmm. And that, that benefits you at the end of the day, because I mean, good Lord, that last scene that whole oh, man, finale. That was brutal. Like, that was just gruesome. <laughs> wow. That was so good. Um, but before we want to, before we talk about that finale, I do want to note one thing that I really, uh-huh. really liked. I'd seen before the movie, someone tweeted something out that was like, there's one scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that is genuinely one of the best scenes I've ever seen in film. After watching the movie, I know that that's the last scene because it's so... I mean, just chaotic and crazy and awesome to watch, you know? It's not even just that. I feel like the payoff for the characters is just so rewarding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, especially for Brad Pitt's character, uh, Cliff. Yeah, I was like, that was such Uh a rewarding finish for him. Yeah. I I will say that while I was watching the movie, I was waiting for this one scene because I knew, you know, if it had that impact on somebody else to where they tweeted, like, that was the best scene I've ever seen. I was like, okay, I'm going to... I'm going to feel this. I'm going to know when this happens. You know, it's one of those things. And originally I thought when this scene was happening, I was like, is it this scene? I thought it was the scene where Cliff goes to the ranch. Oh, that was a good one. Where the Manson family is. That was a scene where I was, I, I mean, the way that that scene was directed was brilliant (laughs) because it, although there wasn't a whole lot of dialogue, I was on the edge of my seat. I, oh, I was yeah. like, oh, my God, what is going to happen? I didn't know if they were going to, like, I, I thought they were going to kill him. Not going to lie. I don't know. For me, I was and like, there's no way it ends that way for him right here in the middle of this movie. <laughs> like, I was like, there's I, no way. I didn't way. think so either, but I was also like, oh, my gosh, I'm scared for him. Like, I'm very much on the edge of my seat because mm-hmm. I knew, like, he's surrounded by all these people who are literally a family of murderers, you know? Yeah. And it was, I was on the edge of my seat. They, they kept the suspense alive really well 
in that oh, yeah, scene. No, like the subtle like Charlie Manson drops like when she's like Charlie would love you. I was like, oh my god. I was like, get yeah. dude, turn around, like please leave. Creepy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like, the whole time I was like, go away, don't stay, please. It honestly, was, yeah. Yeah, I love that build up of his character, just because, you know, in the beginning. It's like we get that little, he killed his wife and got away with it. And then Leo's just like, do you really believe that? And he's like, because I don't. And then, of course, you get that little flashback scene of Cliff and his wife. And they're on the boat, right? And she's like, yeah, he's verbally assaulting him. He's just sitting there Mm -hmm. drinking his beer. And then we never get at that again. I'm like, oh, Jesus. So that's like kind of the mystery of where we're at now. Is he the kill his wife? Right. And I really liked the way that that was set up. Because it cut away before he did anything. Yeah. So it lets you decide. You and don't know. Then, exactly. You know? And then, like, uh, what do you call it? So that's why when he, we have this story of him uh, meeting that hitchhiker, you know, who's part of, like, the Manson family. Like, I just thought that it was interesting because it really made you think about where is this going next? Because if the story is this guy's a dude who killed his wife and got away with it, is he going to murder this hitchhiker? Is that where the, yeah. we're going with Brad Pitt's character? And yeah. so for it to twist around like that, I was just really, I was in awe. I was like, wow, I did not see that coming. That was a pleasant surprise. And I really thought, yeah, he was going to die in the end there. And I was like, oh man, that's, that's such an unrewarding death for his character. But no, it was great. Yeah, I mean, the fact the... that he's just there whooping ass, like I was like, oh, you go, man. Right. I, re- I thought he was dead in that yeah. last scene. I was like, oh man, because he's like, you know, he was tripping on acid and everything. And yeah. I was like, these people are coming to kill him. And he's like, tripping. There's no way that he'll be able to fight him off. And I was really on the edge of my seat in that scene as well. Obviously, that's the, probably the best scene in the whole movie. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, he's dead. He's got to be dead. There's no way he makes it. But it was really rewarding payoff for sure. He was the funniest part of the movie he uh, i thought he, was he the best gave life to the movie, movie. yeah like yeah was, yeah that was the best. his show and it's weird he, to say he that was with leonardo best. dicaprio right next to him right right but it was he was spectacular i i really really liked him um i will say one of my favorite things was at the end when rick dalton leo's character comes out and <laughs> i thought he was dead too right mm-hmm. because he's in the pool and I was like, one of these guys is going to die. Like, yeah. it's their last night together. It just, like, it seems like it's set up that way. So one of them dies, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's in the pool. He's got his headphones on. He doesn't see anybody coming. I was like, this is it. Like, he's done. There's no way that he doesn't get snuck up on and killed, you know? Yeah. But then for him to bring out the flamethrower. To torch the girl? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, I mean, it was it was brutal to watch very very violent but also like it was so good it was very rewarding i was laughing pretty hard i just love how something so wild out of context fits so perfectly into the story because of a subtle little drop in the beginning of the movie where he's like oh yeah i took like six months of flamethrower classes just for this yeah he was like that that's the stunt he did himself so he knew how to do that and he still had it yes that's a comeback at the end i was like wow that's a really good callback but I definitely do think that all three of their stories are just so rewarding because of the whole it's yeah once upon a time in Hollywood and then for me I have just felt like okay with Sharon Tate right I just felt that 
you know how her story ends in real life. Obviously, she's tragically murdered, and that sucks. That's that's really sucks, especially for someone who was, you know, beginning a new life. You know, having this career, well, hopefully having you yeah. know a new blossoming career. Hollywood star. Yeah, and then I felt like that's what this movie was really about. It's just like yeah, in a perfect world almost. That's why it's a once upon a time, just because she got to at least live it out and she didn't obviously uh, get murdered and i thought that was really interesting for her character to say at least and then for uh rick dalton his character i love that he goes yeah from beginning to end he changes in the beginning he's he pulls up into his driveway you know he's finished and he's just like that's roman polanski that lives right next to me if I could just be in one of his movies, that's my career is going to skyrocket again and I'm going to become famous again. If I could just be in one of his pictures and he doesn't even know that I live next door to him. And then yeah. at the end, he's walking up to Sharon Tate's gate and they're like, oh, do you want to come inside? Are you okay? I was like, wow. And it's, it's literally just like that. You know, yeah. in one crazy night, one after you f- he feels like I'm finished, you know, this is it for me. I'm done. I can't even afford to keep my best friend with me anymore and it just felt like yeah in a perfect world this is what happens you know you get that one hail mary chance and then of course for me i think yeah like i said the most rewarding character payoff was definitely uh cliff just because it does suck like it did really suck to see him being so nice to rick just because he's a good friend and that's just the kind of person he is and then of course for everyone to to hate him you know for everyone to be like oh i don't want him on set because i hate the energy that he brings he killed his wife and he got away with it and in the end of course i came away with he i don't really think he killed his wife i just there's i feel like just for me there's nothing in there that the script gives us to support he really killed his wife aside from people saying he killed his wife because the truth is yeah like rumors spread every day and the truth is your dream can die just like that because of a rumor of what might not even be true you know what i mean and then yeah yeah it's like that's really that's a reality that people face today and i'm sure back then it was worse because you couldn't prove anything to be true or false you know just because now it feels like everything's recorded but that's neither here nor there but yeah for uh cliff to do all these nice things it, it was really rewarding to see at the end the truth is yeah he was really just a good dude and he was really just a good friend and i felt that the way it's funny because his character doesn't change you know what i mean kind of like how captain america like he's the same really good guy from beginning to the end and it's just like for yeah Cliff, i felt like yeah that's what he was he was a the true his story was the it was the script trying to show us no he's a bad guy and for us to question that but for him to prove to us the audience in the end that he is good just by being able to save their lives and do all this stuff and of course yeah he did he did get the best one-liners of course i think my favorite one was he's like i know you i i remember he's he's like what's your name again i'm the devil here to do the devil's work no 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 Mm -hmm. something stupider than that I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh yeah. man, that's that's just great writing. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just, Tarantino with his scripts, it's just amazing. I mean, he always does a yeah. good job. My favorite. This was one of my favorite lines I heard in any movie um, this year. Mm-hmm. It was um, at the very end when Rick is getting invited 
up to their house and this got the biggest laugh out of my theater and the biggest laugh out of me it was a it was a big belly laugh and there she's or he's like talking on the on the speaker to uh to sharon you know who's in the house yeah and they're like inviting him up and stuff and he tells he tells them yeah these these hippies came over and then they tried to they tried to kill us but you know everything went crazy we had to get my friend picked up with an ambulance and uh somebody somebody or they're like well is everyone okay and rick goes well, not the hippies. They're not for sure. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh!" I died laughing when he said that. It was just a—it's—it's a, it's a simple joke, but it's so funny. It was so funny because it was especially after, like, he literally just torched this girl, and he was like, "Well, she's not okay." <laughs> like after he burned her alive, um, but yeah, I think um, I think it was really good. One other thing that I do want to talk about that I appreciate, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people in today's culture, you've got this whole like quote unquote cancel culture going oh, on, yeah. you know? No, that's a huge thing, yeah. Yeah, and I, I no one was trying to quote unquote cancel Tarantino for this, but Bruce Lee's daughter came out and was like, "I don't like the way my dad was represented, or the way my dad was portrayed mm-hmm. in Tarantino's movie." Because yeah. he was portrayed as rude and stuff. And Tarantino, instead of backing down and giving like a half-hearted apology, like most people would, uh, like oh, no. most celebrities do, you know? No, 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 no. He, yeah, he literally, he said, he said, well, Bruce Lee was not a nice person. And that's like basically all he said was like, <laughs> you know what? He wasn't a nice person. Like he was rude and cocky and arrogant. So I made him rude, cocky, and arrogant. And I understand the concern like if you're his daughter obviously like you're gonna be like upset about it yeah you don't know wants to see their dad portrayed like that right right but i also liked the way tarantino was like i portrayed him the way he was i'm not gonna apologize for that you know what i mean so that was something i just want to give credit to tarantino for that because i think that that attitude and that um you know the the stand your ground mentality uh-huh. is kind of being lost in some instances with this whole quote-unquote cancel culture going on where people are trying to cancel people for things that maybe, I mean, are not as big of a deal as society can make them out to be sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated that from Tarantino. But, yeah. No, definitely. When I Final saw that thoughts. scene, yeah, when I saw that scene, I was just kind of like, wow. Uh, I didn't really know how to feel about it at first. But then after a while, I got through it, and I was just like, you know, that's a little bit... I was like, that's not too bad, honestly. That's not the craziest thing. No, I mean, no it could have been much worse. I'm pretty sure that's like... The, or in a in hundred years, that's going to be the equivalent of people... Of when, obviously, when he's gone, you know, the king. He's, it's going to be like if someone were to put, you know, this fake LeBron in a movie and be like, and have LeBron talking shit like, oh, yeah, I could have beat my, Michael Jordan one-on-one. You know, it's the same thing. It's just like, it's not yeah. that big of a yeah. deal. You know, and I don't know. It's just, it really wasn't that big of a deal. And the only other final thought I have is, what did you think about all the feet in the movie? You know, at first I didn't oh, God. see it. Yeah, and then I, it, it kept happening. And I was like, I refuse I... to believe it's for any other reason than a storytelling purpose. I know it's in here <laughs> for something. And I just still can't think of it. I'm like, no, there, ha- there, has, I... to, there has to be a reason. I don't think it had anything to do with this story. <laughs> I, just, I don't want to touch on it too much, but there was a lot 
and I yeah, there are a lot of feet, man. I was like, what? In I the knew world? like, I felt like I had read like months ago, maybe even like years ago, that you know, like Tarantino has a foot fetish or whatever, but I had forgotten that by the time I was you know in the theater watching this, and I noticed in the movie I was like, there are a lot of just feet shots, you know, yeah. where they're and it was more than you know you know if there was like half the amount i wouldn't have thought anything of it you know what i mean exactly but the, it was I feel really like that's more normal but it was just very obvious and often so that was a little off-putting and weird but you know whatever um overall i think the movie was uh one of the one of the better movies of 2019 i had oh, yeah. a really good time with it no, I definitely um, think it's one of my more favorite Tarantino movies. Like, it's not the favorite. I wouldn't even put it at number two. But it's definitely in there somewhere. It's pretty... I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, that being said, let's transition into our last segment of today's episode. It doesn't really have anything to do with what we've been talking about, but it was an idea we had that we wanted to do uh, this episode. So, we are going to rank... Or not rank. Not rank. Forgive me. We're going to list... Uh, five movies that we believe are above a five-star rating. So basically five movies that are in their own legendary tier that you feel like five stars is simply not enough for these movies. Um, These by no means does this mean that they are our top five movies of all time. They're just five movies that we really, really like and think that we they go above, uh, on, above and beyond just what yes, you expect yes. out of a film where they just change the game. Right. They're, they're, they're more, more than five stars. Um, so that being said, Raymond, I'll let you go first. All right. So my first one is Her from Spike Jones. I mean, this movie, I feel like it checks all the boxes. Like you have to think about, you know, set design, sound, editing, acting, directing, screenplay every cinematography it checks all those boxes with the five star rating but i think for me the one thing that really puts this in like that transcendent level of movies is hoyt van hoytema's cinematography in this movie i mean one the colors they use i can't explain it it really if they had used even a brighter red for his shirt i felt i already feel like the movie just wouldn't have felt tonally as concise and I don't know, just this movie is just so interesting because it really is like almost one person for the mo- for the core of the movie, you know, and a one real person and a voice in his head almost. And I yeah. feel yeah, and it was just the move for me is just it deserves more than five stars and I chose five movies with that checked all the boxes and each and then each one excelled in its own category and yeah the cinematography in this movie is just so amazing because not only does each shot fit the tone and the change of the lens like he uses i can tell he's using a lot of like telephoto lenses something with a really long range just because you can feel that compression feel how he's so close to everything especially in that city and he's getting these ah, he's getting this nice bokeh in all these lights <laughs> And I don't know, it's just, it's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. And I feel like it's one of those movies where you could literally pause it at any moment. And it's like a work of art in itself. Yeah. But that's my first one is Her from Spike Jones. So going along kind of what you just said, 
my my first one that I want to talk about is James Cameron's Avatar. Ooh. A lot of people, I know, I'm I'm one of the few that remembers and loves this movie. Um, I think this movie's stellar, and the main thing that I love about it is the visuals. Uh, kind of like you were saying, the cinematography in this movie is beautiful. Um, it was groundbreaking in a way that we hadn't seen since Star Wars in 1977. I mean, this movie ushered in a new age of visual effects with m- the motion capture technology that was developed for this movie. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously we've seen that implemented in so many ways since then. I mean, you look at Thanos. Thanos doesn't happen if Avatar doesn't happen. No, that's very true. Yeah. And Avatar, in, even though it was in 2008, that CGI holds up all of it. Even though it was the first of its kind and it was brand new, it holds up and it's still good. And that's something that is um, touted about Star Wars a lot. 1977 Star Wars is like that CGI, even though it's so old, it still looks very real and it holds up. Um, And you look at CGI of The Incredible Hulk. That also released in 2008. That did not hold up. Oh, no, that was terrible. That That CGI is bad. Straight up bad. Um, so looking at a movie like Avatar, the fact that it was so revolutionary and so bold for its time, Mm -hmm. the fact that it still holds up despite all of that is really impressive. And beyond that, um, I really like the characters. I think they're really fleshed out very well. Pandora is this whole world and it's very immersive in a way that, uh, rarely do I feel like a movie truly immerses me into the world of their characters and into a setting. And part of that is because of James Horner's score for the movie. It's one of the most beautiful scores that I've heard. And just the way that they use the music um, is really, really well throughout the movie. But Pandora as a world, I absolutely love. Um, And I feel like I'm there when I'm watching the movie. So Avatar is my my first one that I want to talk about. What's your number two? You know, I will give Avatar a lot of crap just because, you know, the papyrus font for their logo and the fact that it's They really changed long. that. But I will say yes. You they know, have a new logo for the sequels <laughs> that will eventually release. But yes, the, I will say that the effects Avatar the 2 coming really 2045. <laughs> but my second pick is... I, I feel like I'm giving out my, like, my lifetime Oscars here, but... If I re- but my next one is The Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy. For me, I yeah. know, once again checked all the boxes, but for me the thing that set this part movie apart from at least all the other movies that I've seen was really the acting. Once again, it's one of those movies where it's carried by one actor for the most part in Leo, but the only thing is when it's not him, Tom Hardy really makes you hate him. Like I there are very few villains like I didn't e- I like, they just I didn't even like hate Thanos, you know, because I'm like, oh, okay, it's Josh Brolin, you know, in this pink suit or in this CGI. But oh my god, I really hated Tom Hardy in this movie. Like, I could uh, just like thinking about him in this role. Sometimes I'm like, damn, like I really hated you in this movie. And the fact that he does it so subtly, you know, it's like he plays this role where he's such a douche without being yeah. over the top you know he's not dogging on anybody he's not insulting anybody he's just really mean and he does it so well and then of course for leonardo dicaprio 
I mean, he put his all into this role, which is obviously why I got him the Oscar, finally. And I haven't seen <laughs> Blood Diamond or The Aviator. I think those are like two of his own, two, the only two of his movies that I haven't seen. But yeah, for me, it's just, it's one of those things where like less is more. And he had less to do because he wasn't talking for half the movie. But he did so much within to show that emotional range. And then at the end, I felt like what really just put it over the top was how he goes from this rage monster who, who's like broken inside after his son dies to just he's finally at peace when he accepts that revenge isn't in his hands. And, and I don't know, I just thought that was really a value. One, it's a really valuable lesson. But two, we just don't see performances like that every day. You know, it's in there with Heath Ledger. It's it's in there with the with Raging Bull or with uh, Robert De Niro. You know, it's just, it's one yeah. of those legendary performances that I'm just like, wow. If I had to think about the best acting performance that I've seen is Leo's into The Revenant. But yeah, that's why it's up there. It's, the acting just really sells you. You know, if it wasn't for those two, I do feel like this movie would be really boring. Yeah. My my number two mm-hmm. is uh, a movie I actually watched today. Um, or not my number two. We're not ranking. We're listing. My <laughs> second one um, is a movie I watched today. Um, it's Pixar's Up. Oh, wow. No, that's I, a good one. It's easily forgettable almost i think i think it's a movie that well it's not forgettable but for me when i think of pixar movies i don't think of up Mm -hmm. or when i think of disney movies i don't think of up like i forget about its existence every now and then and when i'm reminded of it i get very happy Mm -hmm. um because i loved this movie when it came out and i watched it today um i've actually watched it a couple times this year so i guess I, i don't forget about it as much as i did but I forgot about it for a couple of years after it released and I watched it today and I absolutely love it. I think it's such a tight script in it's a short movie. It's only an hour and 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's a quick watch. You can get through it pretty quick, but it's still so good. I mean, the way that the characters of Carl and uh, Russell are written it's mm-hmm. spectacular. They're so so they're such good characters to where when you reach that conclusion and you're at the end and you, they've gone down this whole adventure whatever and Russell is getting his final badge and Carl shows up when Russell's dad doesn't and Carl shows up and instead of giving him the assisting the elderly badge he gives him the Ellie badge and he pins the grape soda pin on his sash. I mean I was in tears. I was crying. I mean, I I always am, but like I was, it was, I was crying watching that because these characters are so well written that you know how much it means for Carl to give that away. One, because you know how much Ellie means to him mm-hmm. and you know how much Russell just wants that last badge and he's enamored when he gets the Ellie badge because like that's one that no other kid has. So it's such a cool thing for him to have. And it's it's just a very touching conclusion to see. Um, and the whole movie. I mean, the fact that it's... For most movies that are only an hour and 30 minutes, I would be like, yeah, that could have been longer and it would have made it better. But with this one, no. It's perfect the way it is. Mm-hmm. I have no problems with it. Um, definitely goes above and beyond. But above and beyond, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but 
I know, I'm really funny today. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. What's your third one? My third pick was La La Land. I just, I always rewatch this movie just because I love it that much. But I feel like yeah. one of those, it is one of those movies where it's like, yeah, the script is really tight. Everything happens there for a reason, and every scene makes the next scene happen. But I'm not, keep in mind, I'm not a giant musical person, but this is one of the few musicals that I'm like, wow, I really love this movie. Just because yeah. every song, not only is every song just good, you know, as, a, as its own song, but in the context of the story, whenever each of those songs plays, it's it really just feels like they wrote they're singing their script i mean i can't think of another movie where the score and the soundtrack match so perfectly to the story they're telling and i mean i you know we've seen some really great musicals there's rent moulin rouge uh west side story singing in the rain but for me it's just none of the music in those movies fits so perfectly to the story they're trying to tell in la la land and then of course just for the fact that it's in LA and the way they use their practical sets, you know, and the in the story they're telling, it's almost fitting. And it's one of those things where it's like the production of the movie and the style of the production matches what the movie is trying to tell you. You know, it matches this idea of these old things like jazz coming back and still being successful if you believe in it. And yeah, of course that's what LA's about, right? I mean, it's like it's the city of dreams, right? It's where these things happen. <laughs> but yeah, for me, La La Land is just, yeah, it goes above and beyond in that aspect. Just, I mean, I know it won the Oscar for it, but still, it goes beyond that. It's just, I've never seen or heard a, mu- a musical score and a musical soundtrack that fits so well and so perfectly. And that just, you can really just tell the story through the soundtrack by listening to it. And I don't know, that's something I just enjoy about it. But that's my third pick. What is yours? My third pick is um, a movie that I try to rewatch often um, mm-hmm. because it's one of those that the first time I saw it, I was just in utter and complete shock at what I had just witnessed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those. It's uh, Interstellar. Oh, hey. I love Interstellar. I could watch that movie over and over again. I mean, it's pretty long. I'll say that. Oh, no, that is a long movie, yes. But I don't think it detracts from the movie. There is a moment in the movie where you're like, wow, this is a long movie. But you're not, for me at least, when I think that, I'm not complaining. I'm just thinking, oh, this is pretty long, but I'm having fun with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but that movie, the way that it, it's it's very unique mm-hmm. in its storytelling. It came out around a time when, space movies were happening often you had interstellar you had gravity you had the martian um and that's just a couple that were happening in just a a span of just a few years and it it came out on top i'll say that for me at least i mean mcconaughey's performance is one of the best i've seen um Mm -hmm. the way that the movie ties itself up in the end with mcconaughey being the one that's banging on the bookshelf through this other dimension uh trying to trying to uh communicate with murph like oh it's hard to watch that happen and oh no, yeah that's a tearjerker. I, I like the way that it's I, I like the way the movie feels like it's real mm-hmm. even though you know it's not like you you watch movies like star wars right that's a space epic or you watch movies like uh 
you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, these are space movies, but you know that this isn't something that's actually happening in the universe. Interstellar yeah. very much feels like something that could happen in 100, 200, 300 years, you know? And the way that they, they ground it in realism throughout the entire thing is really interesting. And I have done a little bit of research, not a whole lot, but a little bit on black holes and the way that they portray the black hole, although that's one of the biggest mysteries of humanity is we don't know much about the black hole. And it's very fascinating to, fascinating to me. I could talk about it for a long time. But basically, the black hole, like, we don't know a whole lot about what it is or, you know, what it looks like. Obviously, we had, like, that first picture come out of a black hole ever this and year. And it looked like the so one was, from Interstellar. Yes, and it looked like that. So, And it's interesting because in Interstellar, I know they did a ton of research on it. And basically, they came up with this image of what a black hole should look like based on everything that we know which is not a lot but they came up with this image of what a black hole should look like and it basically when they released that first image although it's pretty blurry and whatever i mean that's pretty much what it looks like in interstellar so i like how although the movie is obviously fiction and obviously things that cannot happen in the year 2019 it does mm-hmm. feel like you know what in 100 200 years we don't know how humanity is going to progress or digress and it feels like this is where like this kind of stuff is possible like deep space travel you know the planet where uh every hour is seven years on earth you know like things like that and the black hole the whole thing with the black hole it all very much feels like you know what this could happen in the future it's not like a guardians of the galaxy situation where you're just having fun and you know this stuff isn't real you know um talking raccoon that's not gonna happen you know but this stuff it's like you know what like this is realistic for the year i don't know when it's set but this is realistic for the year 2500 you know like (laughs) maybe who knows you know man we haven't rated area 51 yet for all we know that that spaceship could be (laughs) down there september 1st i think that's going down i won't be there uh <laughs> i won't be there i value my life but i for if people if that does happen i really want to know like you know tell me bring me a souvenir man like i want to know what happens down there if enough soccer moms and florida men show up oh, i may come because i feel like that would be the best protection we could get yeah don't forget the naruto runners though <laughs> yeah well if they're naruto running in if you get a bunch of florida men naruto running into area 51 Oh, we're unstoppable at that point. There's no weaponry that can stop them. <laughs> I think Florida men are the greatest power in the universe. Oh yeah, no, they are unmatched. I mean, I don't Thanos think Goku yet. stands no. They got no nothing chance. on them. <laughs> Superman, no. <laughs> Florida men can withstand anything. Um. Anyways, what's my, your number four? My <laughs> next pick. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. My, my next pick was also a Christopher Nolan movie, but it was Inception. Uh, I actually chose... It's funny. I left Interstellar off my left list just because I was thinking about it, and I was like, as much as I'd put it here, I feel like I talk about Interstellar a lot, but I'm glad you brought it up. I was like, oh, okay, cool, so I don't have to say it, but I can add in another one. But I picked yeah. Inception just because, for me, that's another one where it's like the storytelling in there is just insane. Kind of like how we talked about uh, at the end with Murph and Coop being the one to put the message in her watch. He's like, she'll get it. I know she will. 
For me, that was Inception yeah. when he washes up on the beach, and you're just like, oh, okay, so he washes up on the beach. Here he goes. What what just happened? And then for it to circle back in the end, and especially for them to have that. I love that Nolan does this thing where I feel like he just has these like moments of dialogue that are just like you call back to it, you know, beginning end end, kind of like yeah. do not go uh, into that good into the night thing from Interstellar, and then yeah, uh, what do you call it for Inception? It is the, it's like why are you here? You know, he's like I'm, he's like so we could return back as old men together, and. I was like, oh, wow, like, that really tied back around, like, perfectly. But that is a movie where I was just like, the storytelling and the story itself was so complex. But yet, it, the way they tell it makes it seem so simple. It's like, we're going to go inside this dude's dream to go, in, and then I'm going to bring you guys with me so I can go into his dream again, and then again, and then again, just to plant the idea. And then we're going to jump back out. And then by the time he wakes up, It'll only have been like a 14-hour plane ride and everything will be okay. But I just love the sense of urgency for such a long movie. You know, it really is another movie about stretching time. Just because you he has to obviously finish this mission before the plane lands or else he's screwed. And then he'll never see his family again. And that's what his goal is, right? To go see his family. But of yeah. course every time he jumps into another dream his time gets a little longer when in reality it's not really changing but it's still and even though the movie is what feels like an eternity long it still puts you on the edge of your seat every time they jump into another dream because they're like then what but then of course i think the one thing about the story that really gets to me is just one quote from there that just sticks with me it's like an idea is like a virus you know it's contagious like once it's really deep in there you know, it's just going to spread. And I thought that was, one, a really valuable life lesson. And two, that just really captures the essence of the movie in one line. You know, and it and that yeah. line comes pretty early, and you just don't know it yet. So I don't know. I think it's little things like that, that storytelling. Of course, once again, it checks all the boxes. But when I think of movies that are just really different and really just outdo other movies it really is inception just because wow i mean it it yeah it's just the story there it's just so rich it's just so full and it's so tight but it's so long it's crazy but what is your fourth pick my fourth pick is a movie that i watched yesterday it is the movie that made me fall in love with movies uh the dark knight Mm -hmm. another christopher nolan movie um, oh man, <laughs> three Nolan movies in a row. I'm not done either. Um, but <laughs> The Dark Knight is—I uh, mean, what what can I say that hasn't already been said? You know? Yeah. Um, Heath Ledger's performance is the best I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Period. Um, when he is in a scene, you pay attention. It's so captivating it's shocking to me because when i was in middle school and high school i would watch this movie almost every month like i made it a point i was like have i watched the dark knight this september nope gonna watch it you know like i watched (laughs) it so often because i loved it and i was so so into it and mainly it was because of the joker i i love love the joker as a character and i love heath ledger's performance and i watching it last night i watched it and it was the first time 
that I had watched it in maybe over a year. So it had been a long time since I'd watched this movie Mm -hmm. and the longest I've gone since I first watched it. And so I was, it was fresh for me in a way that it hasn't been in the past. And Mm -hmm. I just noticed that every time Heath Ledger came on the screen, I was paying attention and it wasn't even a like, Oh, Heath Ledger's back on. It was like, what's going to happen next? Even though I already know what's going to happen. I was still like, I need to see this performance, you know, it's just one of those things and it's truly spectacular but yeah the dark knight i can't say much that hasn't already been said it's just in a league of its own I don't know, so it gives yeah. you chills man yeah what is your last one so my last one i really had to reach into the bag and think like what is like really in my opinion the greatest movie of all time and i know a lot of people are going to disagree with me just because a lot of people think this is a really boring movie but 2001 a space odyssey from uh, stanley kubrick this movie the first time I watched it, I can't. I think I, I was in film school, and I, I was saying they're like, "Oh, yeah, we're gonna watch this movie." And I looked at the runtime before class started, and I was like, "Dude, this movie is, takes forever! Oh my god!" But then, <laughs> as soon as you hear the first intro, like the ba da 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 da, I was just like, "Oh my yeah. god, this is epic!" And then we get into it, and then of course it kind of bounces around for a while, and you're just like, "Okay, I'm lost!" Like I'm like. I, I was like, I was turned off. I was like, I'm so confused. What is happening? And then once Hal comes on the screen, the talking robot thing, that's when it starts to get interesting because I'm like, this this robot sounds very creepy. But then without uh, going too into it, with the story of how it all loops back and in a way where the story, you don't even understand it at first because I feel like that's what it is. It's about trying to make a meet take a meeting out of a story that you don't completely understand because isn't that really just life you know it's we don't understand it fully because it's like interstellar you know the only things we understand are that can transcend dimensions of time and space is love you know it's one of those things where it's like we can't there are just so few things in the world that we can comprehend and i felt like with 2001 that's kind of what it gives you you know it's like this wild trip that just brings you from beginning to end over and over and then at the end you kind of see this dude experiencing that all within 10 minutes and not only that yeah yeah the cinematography in this movie for releasing in 1968 was amazing you know it was just like especially when he's like going through that like wormhole thing and all the like the lights are going over him i'm just like what is going on like i can't believe they made that movie in 1968 and for me that's just what sets it apart it's just it's a story that doesn't tell a story and forces you to really pull something out of it and it gets you to think and i think that just it's really powerful that it sticks with you that way but that is my greatest movie the one that's like in the highest league of everything is 2001 a space odyssey yeah well my last one is not so much um I don't think it's the greatest movie of all time by any means, but it is another one of those movies that I think is in a league of its own. And a lot of people don't. I think uh, it hasn't aged well for a lot of people, but it's aged perfectly for me. Uh, It's The Dark Knight Rises, Mm -hmm. another Christopher Nolan movie. Um, I love The Dark Knight Rises. I think it is just a hair below The Dark Knight. And when I say a hair, I mean it is so, so close. Um, the reason I love The Dark Knight Rises, though, is not because of a certain character's portrayal, although I do think that this is Christian Bale's best effort as uh, Bruce Wayne 
and I do think that this is uh, I think Tom Hardy is spectacular as Bane I love his Bane I love uh, Bane as a villain in this movie but I don't think that I love this movie because of uh, any of those performances I love it because of the story I think Mm -hmm. the story is so well written and uh, Bruce Wayne's arc in particular from being hobbled literally unable to walk without a cane and you know just literally being a hermit not like batman has retired he has disappeared and then when he comes back you see and they drop everything that they're chasing bane the police are and they drop everything they're like i'm gonna be the one that catches batman or whatever um and obviously they don't but it 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 goes through this tale where it's like oh batman's back and everybody hates him because he killed harvey dent even though we know he didn't and all this stuff um so and then you go through bruce wayne and he goes to the prison and then he's tricked by um he's tricked by the girl who's i can't even remember her name what is her name do you remember her name oh talia al ghul yes talia talia how could i forget he's tricked by talia and all this stuff and it ties into batman begins and uh at the end of the day like talia was the bad guy and i just i really love um, I love his arc throughout the whole film, how he's literally broken in the beginning and he's broken in the middle, uh, when he's literally had his, has his spine broken by Bane, yeah. oh, God, which I love that they brought that from the comics, but you hear the crack when he brings him down and Bane, while the Joker is crazy, obviously, and fun mm-hmm. to watch, Bane has a leg up on the Joker in one area in that Bane feels very much like he's unstoppable oh God, I, yeah <laughs> d- you know when you watch this movie you're like how does batman beat this guy like this guy can't be beat and the best villains give you that feeling so or some most of the best villains i will say give you that feeling because uh bane definitely gives me that more than i'd have to think about it but he definitely gives me that feeling uh more than i think any villain i've seen in uh in a movie, but I, I would have to think about that a little bit, but he really does give you that feeling where he's like, this guy is not going to be beat. And that's something that I love about his villain is that you, you feel this sense of hopelessness for Batman. Like you, when he's broken, you feel like he's not going to get back up. And if he does, you don't know how he's going to survive, you know? And I love the plot twist at the end where he takes the ship and the ship blows up with the nuke and everything. And then it turns out that he actually moved to Paris and all this and got a happy ending and all that. I love that so much. You know, you think he's dead, but the autopilot was actually fixed long ago and all this stuff. I just really like that that conclusion. I think the story in this movie is spectacular. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my fifth fifth movie that I think is in a league of its own. Um, yeah, one of my favorites for sure. I think one thing we but, can conclude from this is that Christopher Nolan deserves a lot more credit than he gets. Christopher Nolan is the man, for sure. I need to see more of his movies. I haven't actually seen all of them, but I need to get on that. Yeah, there's not a um, single one but, that I'm going to say is bad. All of his movies are amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, this has been Post Credit. Uh, thank you for listening. If you want to check us out on Twitter, uh, you can follow me at Preston Seymour or Raymond at Arvinia. That's R-V-I-N-Y-A-H. Uh, you can also follow the website that we both work on at the cinema spot, uh, or the cinema That is a website that we both, 
uh, put a lot of work into and we're very proud of. Um, but have any questions, reach out to us on Twitter. We'd love to talk to you guys um, or um, reach out to the Cinema Spot. That being said, thank you guys for listening to Post Credit. We'll be back next week uh, at our regular time on Monday. Uh, not Tuesday like this week, but we will be back on Monday next week uh, with some more content for you guys. Uh, but thank you for listening. If you like this, make sure that you give it a like or a thumbs up or a five-star rating or whatever counts as a like on whatever you're listening on, uh, be it Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. Um, but thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, y'all. See you next week.